Hey friends, it's Tensei from the future here. Uh, if you're just joining us, welcome. I did want to pop in at the beginning here to say that the first few episodes of Bard Rock Cafe have some some new podcast quality issues with the audio. Uh, improvements are made every few episodes, and if you stick with it, we promise it is worth the wait. However, if you want to bypass all of that, feel free to skip ahead to episode 22, Lady Marmalade. This is a downtime episode right before a new story arc, and as such, it's a really great point to jump in, get to know all the characters. Please, enjoy the show however is best for you. Thanks to viewers like you and SassyGamers.com, Bardrock Cafe can exist, I guess. So, like, you can find links to Sassy Gamers, our Patreon, and social media stuff in the show notes. Just click. Thanks. Previously on Bard Rock Cafe, after reuniting with Epi again, our heroes decided to get cleaned up and visit the Bard Rock to get a look at that obelisk. After the guards refused Brock access to his own home, the party decided their questions about what was happening to them and their magic were too important and needed answers now. Brock performed the loudest, most distracting street performance possible, while Rook and Epi broke into the cafe to take another look at the obelisk. Chaos struck as Epi accidentally fired off a lightning bolt, getting the attention of one of the guards. Armbar was able to subdue the guard, but not before Rook was struck with amnesia and began yelling in terror. Epi managed to get Rook out of the cafe unnoticed thanks to the combined efforts of Brock and Armbar. Then, out of nowhere, Armbar decided to do what no one else had thought to do, Touch the obelisk. What exactly does the obelisk say? Find out today on Bard Rock Cafe. All right, welcome back to episode five of the Bard Rock Cafe. Uh, Tyler. Yeah. At the end of the last episode, you touched the obelisk. Can I can I take take that back? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> I because I gave you some plot revelations based on that, and I'm not letting you take that back. <laughs> Absolutely not. This is no training wheels D and D. The Tasty's backsies are only as the DMC's fit. I thought there was a mulligan in this game. Oh no, that was a character creation. You didn't take it. Sorry. Nope, this podcast is all about us making mistakes and regretting it. That's actually part of the premise of the podcast. But I do that enough in real life. That's now the I point! It, now I gotta do it my own time. You're gonna fit right in. It's You're already an expert. You're an expert in your field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we make mistakes all the time. We might as well be called the Screw-Up Cafe. <laughs> we might have to make a, like a spin-off. I don't know about all that. Alright, so, so what's the damage? Oh, shit, hang on. Let me record my audio. <laughs> that would be good. Oh, yeah. Is everybody recording. I'm recording twice. All right. So, Roland Armbar, as you touch the obelisk, you feel a wave of energy pass through you. Invincibility. If you want to believe that. <laughs> Armbar, where'd you go? <laughs> you gain the effect of tongues for the next hour. You can speak every language, and everyone understands you. And they understand you in their native language when you speak. But more relevant is you can also read any language as it's written, including what is written on the obelisk. Is that, I bet that's a keyword, right? That's like a wink wink. Like I should probably read the obelisk. 
I'm not going to tell you what to do with your character. Well, Roland Armbar is going to read the obelisk. Okay. He hasn't read much, but he can now. He can now. So is this like he just understands, or does it have like subtitles like he's watching it on Netflix? <laughs> Honestly? He's watching dub. The spell doesn't specify, it's just you are able to <laughs> comprehend all languages and you're able to speak all languages. So you see it, and at first it's the same sigils that you've seen before, and then it's like, they shift, and you understand them as though they're just in common. So you start reading, and these sigils tell the tale of a young boy, born to a farming family, and it goes through the entire life of this young boy. And Roland, as you're reading it, you're realizing this is your life story. Like, the birthday is yours. The mother and father are yours. Eventually, the child is sold to slavers to pay a debt, and the child gets sold to from slaver to slaver until you go to the arena and start making your name there. And then eventually it gets to the part where the obelisk is implanted into the ground and the sigils extend into the ground and you can't read the rest but it is telling your life story okay is is there anything else on, on the obelisk that is like a key that i can see like to that would give me more information nope it is just sigils describing your life you specifically Well, I'm at a loss. Roland Armbar, the chosen one. I, uh, I guess Roland would just be so shocked and, like, surprised that he could read this and then be astonished that it's about him. Like, he, no, no, he'd never seen anything like it. Um, is there anything I can take from it? Like, take it with me? No. Uh, the obelisk is too large for you to be able to pick it up. Never mind the fact that it is embedded into the ground several feet. Uh, as a reminder, you do have an unconscious guard about 15 feet away from you on the floor. So I should have him touch it too, right? I just wanted it to. <laughs> no, we won't do that. <laughs> he can't stop you. He's out cold. He might have a really weird wake, like awakening when he comes to and understands everything. <laughs> Uh, you do still hear Brock outside playing his song as well. Uh, the events of last session are still very much in motion. Well, I guess, I guess like, um, Armbar is going to come back too and then realize that, oh, oh, oh no, like, I got to get back out there and, you know, get out of here. So, uh, I guess he's just going to try to get, uh, just try to, like, sneak out and follow after, uh, Epi and Rook. Okay, so you're trying to go out the cellar door, or you're trying to climb back out through the hole that you jumped down into? Um, hmm, I forgot that there was a cellar door. I thought maybe it was under rubble. Now, the cellar door, the cellar didn't really get hit. Let's try the cellar door. Okay, you make your way over there, you try it, it's locked. Fair enough. Um, so looking, looking all over for another escape route, I guess Roland... Can can only do one more thing and try to get out by. How high is the the basement? Is it normal, like eight, ten feet? Yeah, like it's about ten feet up. There's places to climb. Is there anything that I can? Is there like a ladder or anything down there that I can use? 
you have a guy that's about six feet tall. That's true. I guess I'll just try to climb out. Okay, roll athletics. That's not good. Oh boy. So uh That's a nat that's a nat one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah it is. Oh dear. So roll me uh two D one hundreds. Why is this gonna happen back. so early? Uh, you rolled the nat one, sir. <laughs> this is rolled twenties fault. I I uh, rolled an eighty six. Oh, five and eighty one. Okay. Yeah, five and eighty one. Should have just used my llama, my my alpaca tattoos. All right. So lucky for you, both of these are good events. And the less good one, you gain a climb speed of forty feet. <laughs> and take half damage from falling. I'll let you know when that wears off. But for the moment, for some reason, the obelisk seems to favor you, and you just gain the ability to scurry on out. Okay, I'll, I'll work with that. Armbar just got amazing spider powers. A little bit. Yes. Yeah, like, he, uh, he monkey grips his way out of this, like, he's not even trying. It comes so naturally to him, he just makes his way out of the basement. Like, it was nothing. Like, yeah. I totally did not just botch it. You lost your balance for a second and then grabbed on just fine. Yeah, he fell down flat on his ass, but then got up and then just up he went. Up he went, okay. Alright, and then I'm gonna look around for... Rook and Epi, and, uh, because there's still guards around, I probably should try to, like, sneak out. Uh, Epi, are you doing anything while you're in there? Like Superman? Paradise. Landing here. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna. Uh, Roland acknowledges the uh, the signal and goes goes after them. Okay, both of you roll stealth checks as you leave. Go ahead, roll at advantage because the guards are enthralled and looking the other way. Okay, I got a high, a high of an 18. Okay, you're fine. First of all, stealth works. You are as stealthy as you've ever been. As a matter of fact, if Armbar lost track of where you are, it's how stealthy you are. you go into the time and space wizard school if you haven't already. Yeah, Epi has not mastered object permanence, but like, in an actual sort of way. <laughs> not like the abstract, oh no, I can't see it anymore, so it doesn't exist. No, it's just not fucking there. <laughs> no, there, there actually is not a chair. <laughs> right. 
Alright, so you also rolled a net 20, so roll 2d100s for me. Wow. Okay. Oh. I feel like the high numbers are either better, much, much better, or much, much worse. Yeah. Well, the polar ends of it are the most extreme. Alright, you said 79 and 97? Ah, you rolled a palindrome. Alright, these are both actually pretty neutral, so pick which one you want. Okay. For the next eight hours, uh, you speak and understand Draconic, and anytime you read something aloud, it is automatically in Draconic. And you cannot choose to speak another language when you're reading something out loud. It is always Draconic. Like... You can always speak whatever, except if you're reading something out loud, you're saying it in Draconic. Oh, okay. So it's not like you only speak Draconic. You can continue speaking Common, but the minute you start reading, like, a signpost, you say the Draconic version of whatever it says. I'm really glad one of us can just understand you for the next, like, I don't remember if it's an hour or a day, but he can understand you long enough to resolve the situation. I feel situation. like it's only an hour, so for the next seven, we're not going to be able to re understand her when she reads. Well, theoretically, we're going to sleep after this, so. <laughs> Just don't read anything. Okay. So, you're all out. The guards have been successfully distracted. They are none the wiser of anything going wrong. You're free. You got in, you got out, without permanent incident, what do you do? I know, right? I can't believe this actually happened. I'll have to kill you in later. Some really bizarre stuff happened down in the cellar. I'll tell you one thing, I touched the obelisk, and some bizarre stuff happened. All of a sudden, I could read the sigils, like I could read English! Especially if you know what language English is. Well, it's the only way I can speak. It's how I was born and raised. No? What are you talking about? Oh. You're a weird one. I'll give you that. We need to get out of here. I'm up with this jibber jabber. Understood the obelisk. Yeah! But this is not the time nor the place to discuss this. We need to get Brock and get out of here. Alright, so then uh, Armbar is going to yell, I'm gonna come near you, Alpaca! And all of a sudden, Scruzzle and Nash appear. So, two spectral alpacas spring into existence in the middle of a busy street. 
What? You don't? You've never met Scruzzle and Natch? They're my spectral alpacas. They're for riding and getting out of here. They're our getaway. Well, it's an alpaca, and they don't like being told that they're llamas. Got it? <laughs> Get it right. Listen, I'll just tie Scruzzle to Natch, and you can ride behind me. And I know that lot knows me. So we'll pick him up and we'll get out of here. Is me seeing the alpacas being summoned my signal to stop playing? What would your character do on seeing this? Uh, well, I've probably seen these before because I've worked with with uh, Armbar for a long time, and he was supposed to signal me when it was safe for me to do a finale and everyone was okay. So if he's doing this where I can see him, I would probably be like, oh, okay, we're good to go. And I would go into the final notes of my number and release the guards from my enthrall. So the guards, somewhat confused, go back to their posts. Uh, they seem, they still seem like they're trying to remember what's going on. Do get the sense that eventually they're going to remember what was happening. Is there, is there still one of us missing? <laughs> uh, no, uh, Ro no, Rook is, uh, oh, it's coming along with you all. She's just quietly participating, I believe. Yeah, Rook is still here. She okay. She came up to, she was up next just to Just Rook's player before. is not. Yeah. Okay, so she, can, can we say that she got onto Natch? Or Scruzzle, or whichever one doesn't have, we're not on. Yes, I will also say this. Uh, Rook seems to have taken a flyer for something and is holding on to it, but is coming along because you know y'all have priorities right now and need to leave. Okay, so. Alright, so am I correct in understanding that as I play my finale, the uh, spectral pack is going to come to pick me up like they're my ride? Yeah. So. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, like, like, let's ride! hey And then all of a sudden, like, we're gonna race towards Brock, and then when he's just about done with his finale, we're gonna scoop him up, and I'm gonna toss him on this Scruzzle. Oh, I was gonna try and crowd surf to you guys. Yeah, you can do that, too. Alright, can I roll, can I roll performance to crowd surf? I have a DC in mind, roll performance. Uh, I rolled 12 plus 7, 19. So, you crowd surf for a minute, but then you get dropped on the ground. Not hard, more like set on the ground, because everybody's like, alright, he's done, it's time to move on, right? So you get about halfway to where the Spectral Alpaca is coming to meet you. You guys kind of have to divert a little bit to get over to Brock. Oh, because of the crowd? Yeah. Yeah, I presumably just walk the rest of the way out of the crowd after they set me down. Yeah, like, it was really cool until it wasn't. I don't think that Armbar is the type of person that's going to go the roundabout way, and he's going to go straight through the crowd towards Brock. If he's got to trample people out of the way, he tramples. It's all part of the show, folks. It's all part of the show. This is the getaway. Yeah, so people are, you know, they, they see the, the alpaca coming, and they get out of the way. You gather up Brock. You guys are free to go. Right, as we ride away, I just use shoot up some sparks to press the digitation for like my finale and our getaway. Okay. Fireworks, <laughs> streamers. <laughs> Hell yeah! Hell. <laughs> uh, all right, we should go back to the castle district. I am, Captain. That's where we'll go. Okay. 
so you all make your way back to the cap the the castle district riding on the backs of alpacas it doesn't take you that long about 15 minutes and you are back at the the housing offered to you by the blackstaff hey everyone we want to take a break from the action to remind you that May is Mental Health Awareness Month and that no matter how big or small the challenges you face with mental health, you aren't alone. The entire month of May, we are collaborating with our friends and colleagues on Twitter with the hashtag MentalHealthMTG, so keep an eye out for those posts. Even when May is over, you can still visit the National Alliance of Mental Illness at NAMI.org for resources. Links to NAMI.org and all of our friends and colleagues collaborating on the Mental Health MTG hashtag can be found in the show notes. All right, so uh, I I was playing through all of that. Can you guys just uh, get me up to speed real quick? He does not. So Brock is kind of confused by this, and I say, uh, Epi, did you happen to copy any of those sigils? Does it say the same thing for... Armbar, does this all say the same thing to you? Well, I'm able to read it, but but does it say anything? Hold up. Are Are you reading the sigils that Epi copied? So Epi holds up the hieroglyphs that he copied down. Now I'm going to try to read it. All right. All right, let me ask you this. Are you reading it out loud? Uh, yes. So the sigils start like this. The fourth child of a court wizard, an older twin brother to a twin sister. Giuseppe Von Burst was born on a date. To Lorenzo and Alessia von Burst, nobility of the city of Waterdeep. Sigils go on to describe a comfortable childhood in the shadow of his sister Julia, who was always skilled at magic. And Giuseppe grew more talented over time, with some attention from his grandmother, uh, the Grand Dame, Madame Francesca. During his studies, Giuseppe came across a mysterious book. Uh, wait, I have a question. I'm also a noble of Waterdeep. Can I roll history to see if I know Giuseppe's family? Yes. I rolled a two, plus three is five. But at least it wasn't a one. This family's very foreign to me. Clearly I knew nothing. You know you should know who this is. It's like when you see an actor on television and you know you've seen the other movies that they've been in, but you can't place it and it's driving you crazy. That's the feeling you have right now. Alright, so I I jot down the last name so I can go, I know somewhere I'll have access to like a book of family things. I want to look up more about this family name. So what was the uh, last name of that family? Von Burst. Can you spell that for me? 
Oh, that's an idea. I want to actually. I want to roll uh, either perception or insight, whichever is most appropriate, to get an idea of how I'm reading Epi's reaction. <laughs> I think Roland is just kind of like stupid, like just like. Oh. What do you mean? You guys can't read it. Like this is second grade. If I had to spec, if I had to make a guess, Roland, I would say the fact you touched the obelisk is why you can read it. Could you read it before you touched it? All right, so I grab a scrap of paper and I write down uh, something in Abyssal, one of the languages I speak, and I hold it up. Can you read that? I can only speak common and orc. This is, I, I wrote this in Abyssal. I learned to write, I'm writing Abyssal as a child. What in uh, so, the world? Oh my god! Uh, yeah, all I, all I did was write the main, and the rain and spring falls mainly on the plane on it. Yeah, that's what it says, isn't it? That is what it yeah, says. This is so bizarre. What's going on? Must have, must the obelisk must have given me some kind of power to be able to read. Never been able to read before. <laughs> <laughs> and that wasn't the first morning. <laughs> oh, oh, that that was good. That that did my heart good. <laughs> Alright, so this character is literally the worst person to have gotten this power. <laughs> uh, he literally knows uh, nothing. We established Armbar can read Abyssal. He I asked him if he could read the obelisk before he touched it. He wasn't sure. So I picked a language I knew. I was fairly certain he didn't, wrote it down on a piece of paper and held it up, and he read it. I wrote just like a children's nursery rhyme on it. And then Roland realized that he could in fact read and he couldn't before. He literally couldn't read anything before today. Okay. But yeah, no, the magic translates it for you. Uh, and then uh, I want to roll either insight or perception. Uh, Epi's having quite a reaction to hearing what I'm guessing is Epi's life story wrote, read, so I want to see if I can read that body language I'm getting from the book slamming and backing away, all that good stuff. Okay. Uh, which uh, one am I rolling? Roll insight. Epi rolled deception at disadvantage. Well, I rolled a th I rolled a three, so my dice are not doing well for me right now. Wait, and was that in was that insight or perception? I have a modifier for one and not the other. Insight. Yeah, I have no modifier for insight, so it's just three. Okay, so Epi plays it off. Yeah, surprisingly, this isn't anywhere close to that. Who's this Giuseppe fella? He sounds like a real fool to me. <sighs> well, who took who took the edges of the of the glyphs? 
Well, if I can read my glyphs, and I can read Giuseppe's glyphs, then maybe th it's Epi! Epi, is this your life story that I'm reading? Liar! I knew it! It was you! Is Epi short for Giuseppe? Listen, I don't know what's so particularly interesting about my story, but if you gotta know, I grew up into slavery, see? Getting sold from, to master to master. Having to do heavy labor, such like neither of you will ever understand. I was beaten, thrashed, and even... I don't even want to talk about it. But I was sold into the gladiators, see? And I learned how to fight. It was survive or be dead. And I chose to survive. And I was a champion of the people. The people's champion, to be a fact. And I was a success. And I fought for my freedom. And here we are. Now I work for Brock as his handyman. And his muscles. See? Oh, yeah. He's muscles. I hope you're telling the truth, or you'll be getting a clothesline from me, young man. So, uh, you read both uh, what we have about Giuseppe and your life story. Uh, did you notice any commonalities between them? Honestly, uh, I didn't really get too far into my story to see if there was anything in particular that really matched up with this Giuseppe story, other than we met up at the Bard Rock Cafe in your story. Did get that far before you shut the book? <laughs> Actually, you did not. <laughs> you should.
Yep. Yep, before it got to the parts about the Raven Queen and all that good stuff. I feel like I'm just like armbar right now. I have no idea what to right. do. <laughs> right, so that's the point where I was like, well, is there like a check we can do if like we either what he explained can help us draw a conclusion? Because without actually knowing the full text of what he read from Giuseppe's point of view, I don't know how to draw a conclusion out of character. Right. I will allow an intelligence check from armbar. Just oh, his strongest suit. Oh, to be fair, Tyler's really good at rolling checks for roles he's bad at. Are you sure? <laughs> Is this? Do it. Uh, woo! Seventeen. I called it. I called it. <laughs> Minus one for intelligence. So, that was a pretty good intelligence check for an uneducated gladiator. <laughs> <laughs> I, Kenny, your DM, now have to wrestle with what would that tell you? And also, how the hell did you roll that high for an intelligence check? So, at face value, you don't see any commonalities. It is obviously people's life stories that are written on the obelisk. And curiously, it is not the same one every time. You know that when you looked at it, you saw your own life story. That is that is the insight that you have. Okay. <clears throat> Do I need to explain that to the group? If you want, I mean, it's. I realize it's not much, and you guys kind of already covered it. But those are, upon looking at what you read and the introspectives. Actually, I'll give you this. It's curious when you read your own story. There were details in there that you had forgotten, like it brought back memories of. Oh yeah, I remember that time. Like, it's, it seemed to be an objective, true retelling of your life story. <laughs> Wink. I mean, Effie didn't know about their oldest sibling. <laughs> the part that got read, I mean, it brought back some memories. Uh, some things that were said that maybe, you know, had been forgotten. Old injuries that had been forgiven that are now, like, back at the top of your memory. But nothing new. Listen, guys. The only thing I can tell you is that whatever I read, it gave me a lot of thorough detail on, on my life story. Minor details of things that long forgotten. And it was similar for this Giuseppe fella. It went into some pretty thorough detail. You know what I mean? Ugh. Uh, I have a question. We're in the castle ward. Is there, like, uh, in my corridors or the common areas, did I see any, like, uh, like, libraries, anything where I would, like, be able to find a book of titles? Like, as a noble, I know there'd be somewhere I could find records of, like, nobles and people of noble birth. Well, you, this is pretty easy. The Blackstaff is the head mage of the city and you are in her tower yeah there's some places you can go to find a library well i think maybe we should find out more about this giuseppe fella i think that there should be a book about the nobles and their birth lines somewhere around here we could probably go find out more about giuseppe 
been here the whole time. Did, did Rook take down anything about the obelisk, or was he just watching Epi, though? Rook copied nothing down. Like, Rook was there. Rook was watching Epi. But Rook copied nothing. Yeah, so we only have... We only have uh, Roland's life story and Giuseppe's. So the only lead we have is to find out more about Giuseppe. Well, I tell you one thing, Brock. If there's one thing I know, it's how to find someone. So we'll have to look into this Giuseppe fellow. Yeah, and we'll have to take him down and interrogate him. And then after that, we're going to go find Kevin with a Y and collect the bounty on them, too. Oh, I forgot all about Kevin with a Y. He eludes me yet. After we find out about Giuseppe. Yeah! You know, it's late at night. We're not going to be able to, like, we all need to rest. So we definitely should, if we're going to do anything before we rest or before we check in with Felix, it should be Giuseppe or bed. So I feel like we're either going to check in with Felix or we're going to research Giuseppe. And I is, uh, do I think Felix is awake right now? You have no idea. Felix is kind of just keeps his own schedule. Yep. Yeah, so, like, Okay. Well, I'm going to do whatever Brock wants to do. He's the boss of this party, after all. All right. So, question for the DM first. How much did I collect in tips while I was playing? What? I was playing for tips while I was doing that. I need to know how much money I have to give Felix. Roll me 2d4. 2d20s? 2d4s. D4. Okay. I misheard you. I, I rolled a 3 and a 2. 50 gold. All right, so I take the 50 gold I got in tips and I hand it to Epi and say, I know how much that diamond you gave them cost. I'm just going to give you the money I played in tips to pay you back. Thank you. And then I take the uh, 1,500 silver we have, and I divide it. We have, what, we have four people right now. So I take uh, 500 of it and set it aside, and then give, give everyone each uh, 250 silver. And that 500 is going to go to Felix, unless people want more of that. 250? Yep. So that's 25 gold. Uh, but all in silver pieces. Yeah, so I, yeah, so it's all in silver. Thanks, boss. Now I can go buy some of my favorite beef stew. All right, so I we can go pay Felix, but I think then we should go find the book. What yeah, that sounds like a plan. Anyways, or something. Get up. You a waste. We appreciate the compliment, but you still gotta get out of bed. We got stuff to do. It, it'll only take, like, if I don't find it in, like, the first hour, we can go to bed, but it can't hurt to look. At this point, I think if Ebby wants to persuade us further, I'd rather roll an opposed check rather than just argue back and forth for 20 minutes of airtime. Just do what you're going to do for your character. If you want to start a long rest, start a long rest. If 
you want to go look through a library, go look through a library. All right, uh, so I start marching towards the library. Geez, he's just as he's just as worse as this Giuseppe fellow. <laughs> so, Brock, as you're walking away, Rook is coming with you, uh, and she does tap you on the shoulder and says, "Here, uh, I thought you might be interested in seeing this." And she hands you a flyer that she grabbed from the three towers that you were performing in front of. All right, and uh, what does the flyer say to me? Well, it is an announcement of a Bardoff. <laughs> well! It is a charity fundraising event to help in the reconstruction costs of the Bardrock Cafe, their esteemed neighbors. Anyone is welcome to come participate. Only a few will make it to the finales. There can only be one grand prize winner. Alright, I look at the flyer and I go, and I hold it up for everybody and say, you know what I have to do tomorrow? I have to get the band back together. Well, <laughs> well, so, the, the, the bard off is not until three days from now. You have some time. But the proceeds are going towards helping rebuild the Bardrock Cafe. And it is run and sponsored by the proprietor of the Three Towers. Alright, so I make a note to myself, I want to go personally thank the person from the Three Towers for their kindness. Uh, but that is definitely for another day. Uh, and then, sorry, I thank Brooke, thank, uh, thank you. And then, uh, I'm still, like, on point for searching the library. We should probably get on Nazzle and Snatch, then. The library is in the same building. <laughs> you just want to ride a horse around the building? It's an I'll go up the stairs. That, that was... That was Paul, the role player. <laughs> they don't think it's a horse and they see hoof prints everywhere, let me tell you. Well, you, got, you guys gotta give them snacks every time you tell them that they're not on their back. They get angry! Alright. So, I will say by this point, uh, their time for being out has expired. You're not gonna be able to use them again until the next dawn. So, tomorrow morning. Yeah. Yeah, it's like up a couple flights of stairs. You are in a wizard tower right now. Trying to cast this stealthily. Okay. Okay. So you're not you're not stealthy about it, you just hand it off. Okay. Well, it just so happens that because I'm a level three wild magic barbarian, I can I can uh, sense a spell and learn which school of magic it belongs to. Oh, 
But do I notice that magic has gone off behind me? Like, does my wild magic sense go off? My spider yeah. senses? It would. Alright, I'm gonna turn around and try to find that fool and pick him up by the cuff and drag him with us. <laughs> the Unseen Serpent or Epi? Epi. You better be. It's curtains for you, young man. Heading up to you. Just as a quick clarification, it's fine right now, but in the future, uh, you don't just passively have that. Uh, it is an action to sense spells around you. So it's only during combat? Uh, you can use it whenever. There. You just have to turn it on actively. Yeah. And it lasts for... It's just an action. So until the end of your turn, you know the location of any spell or magic item within 60 feet of you that isn't behind total cover. You can use that a number of times equal to your proficiency, so twice. And you get it back after you rest. So I will say you've used one just at random because you're in a wizard tower, so you sense magic. You get a bit of a nosebleed, but you also sense Epi's unseen servant along with the rest of the stuff in this tower. I thought Epi was trying to escape. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Brock is a full flight of stairs ahead of you two while you're doing this going, we're off to the library to find the books to find the things we don't know. We're off to the library to find the books to learn things we don't know. That's a good idea. Cap to it, and I toss him into the room. <laughs> you just throw Epi up a flight of stairs. I will not even require a check. We have just canonically established that Brock, that uh, Armbar can fastball special somebody. Hell yeah. <laughs> So, you guys are in the library. Uh, there are rows and rows of books. You do see a desk with a librarian behind it. What do you do? I instantly found the book uh, that we need to read. Uh, I th uh, so, I I am a person of, uh, of uh, education and experience. I probably know my way around a library. So I would be looking for, like, especially because I'm listed in one of these books, I probably know where the book would be, give or take. Okay. Roll me just a straight intelligence check to find, like, a book of noble houses. I, I rolled a 12. That's enough. Like, it's a library, it's organized. What were you going to say, Effie? And then you had something to, uh, Roland? No, I'm good. Okay. Is Epi going to roll to see if they can find it faster than I can? Okay. 
My question is whether or not Armbar can detect the unsent servant moving around. Well, we can also... Right. Didn't, didn't Epi give the unseen servant the backpack? So, Epi, that is how you phrase it? Of go find the thing? Yes, you can. Can I read right, right. telepathic? No, you don't. No. <laughs> well, so first of all, how long did y'all spend talking about the books and the, the sigils? Uh, well, you said it would take an hour. You talked about it would take an hour for Armbar to recount his life story, right? So between that and the discussion, even if you summarized, I would say you're probably right at the end of your ability to read and understand everything. Sorry. No, I I, I understand. I know. I'm sorry. You. I will say canonically, you reach for a book. And it seems really super interesting. And then it just goes into gibberish, and you don't know what you're looking at. Well, it seems as though I can read all of a sudden. I guess this opens up a whole new world of opportunity for, for Armbar. And then I open up the first book, and I'm like, No! <laughs> oh, no! I'm just imagining Gaston looking where the pictures are and beating the beast. <laughs> You hear from behind the the counter. Shh! You're in a library. You <laughs> quiet down. I'm in charge here. The librarian is not used to somebody responding to being shushed, <laughs> and just sort of stares at you, mouth agape. Epi, your unseen servant. Wanders off. So, am I racing the unseen servant now? You don't know. Are you asking me to teach my friend who's completely illiterate as an adult to read in one night? This is, I, I glance at it, this is a non-fiction book. You're basically asking me to perform the dictionary. Exactly. You're the <laughs> only one that could do it. 
I I put the book under my shoulder and I say I, we will take we will take this book out of the library, but I do need to find the book I'm looking for first. Of course I do. I'm a noble in good standing with the with the uh, city of Waterdeep. Of course I do. You seemed very interested in solving the mystery of this obelisk until we actually had a lead on it. Why is that? By the way, I am walking and talking. I'm not just standing here. So, as you're walking, Effie, you see the outline of your unseen servant holding a book. It is not the book you're looking for. It looks to be... A book written by someone named Aaron Aracocra Ardbark. And it is going it is on about page thirteen. It looks to be reading every line <laughs> trying to find a mention of Giuseppe von Burst. Are you still walking? I'm still walking. Uh, okay. By this point... By the way, do have... I see a floating book, by the way? Uh, yeah, because it's not being stealthy about it. What's going on over there? I'm looking for a book of noble births uh, that mentioned the, a noble family, and I, I took down the name when I heard it. And I just want to, I, it's on the tip of my tongue. You know, my family are also nobles. I'm confident that if I can just look this person up, I will remember more about them. And as you're talking, you've, like, reached the book. Like, you found it, you zeroed in on it, you got to the right section, and you found the author, and like, okay, here it is. And you're pulling it off the shelf. Ah, there it is. If you didn't find it, I was literally going to walk up to the librarian and force her to get the book <laughs> while you guys were talking. More than you could know, you heard the story I told the rat lady. 
Can I roll insight? Can I roll, uh, if, is it insight or perception? I'm trying to get a read on what the uh, lines that Effie's trying to ask me to read through are. Insight. Insight. Against deception. Three! What's wrong with you? Apparently my sweaty hands can't roll a decent d20 roll tonight. Well, that's still better than a three. So, do me a favor. Roland, roll insight. Tyler <laughs> always gets good rolls. Oh, I want to see it. Please load. I want to know. I had to. Okay. <laughs> what about Rook? <laughs> yeah, Rook has Rook has gone to bed. She tapped no! out, out of this. Rook forgot their entire existence and got it all back in the course of an hour. Rook is pooped. Rook is off to reconsider her life choices right now. <laughs> she just now remembered them. Yeah. Alright. So I am not getting any signals here. In a combination of just the worst lying and the most bleeding heart naivety. Yeah, you kind of feel for Giuseppe. Or Epimetheus. Alright, so I, I, here's the thing. I'm not going to go out of my way to address this person or embarrass them. I just need to know the connection to this obelisk. I, Epi, have you ever gotten the impression that I would do anything to hurt or embarrass another person in the time you've known me? Besides myself. So time out. As you all are talking, you realize all noise just stops. You're, like, you feel yourself trying to talk, but there's no noise coming out. You look around, you see the librarian. And she's just looking condescendingly at all of you. Uh, Epimetheus, you get the sense that sh the, the librarian has just cast a spell. And then they go, shh, but you don't hear the shush. You just see the finger to the lips. I also nod, but I want to say for the record that I was assuming that we were not whispering for recording purposes and that Epi and I, who were not role-playing screaming, were speaking at whisper level. But I understand that after Armbar yelled at the librarian, the librarian might just want us to stop talking anyway. There was also a bit of, uh, uh it was personal. <laughs> I nod and I take the look to go check it out, along with the, with, uh, the literal D&D book that was sitting on the shelf. I have a strength of eight. Let's have the world's weakest contested strength check. I rolled an 11, minus one is 10. So you see a wimpy looking nerd getting pulled by an even wimpier looking nerd. Excuse me, I'm a musician. That makes me a band geek. Okay. Roland, who is just like a gym rat in a library. <laughs> you have no neck. It's just there's your shoulders and then there's your head, right? And you're just watching this and there's this sense of what am I doing with my life? 
But you all, you make your way up to the librarian unless you stop to address Epi in some way. No, at this point, my character wants to go and finish what they're doing and go to bed. So I want to take this book out, take it somewhere where we can review it quietly without the librarian. And I want to stop and pay Felix the uh, share of the money we have on the way. Okay. So you do actually, after about 20 feet, make it out of the silence field that was created. Uh, you hear your footsteps now. You make your way up to the librarian. Present her with your membership card. They check out both books. You have one week before you need to return them. Uh, it's been a while. Can I actually get some information about like uh, all the different uh, dues and late fees? Do you have like a form I can just keep with me so I can remember? If looks could kill. As the librarian reaches down, pulls out a very large crate. Like she has to pull it out from under the desk. And in it is just partitioned file cabinet folder things. She starts like flipping through individual ones. No, that's not it. No, no, donations. No, no. Those are After about a minute and a half of her searching, she finds the late fee form. That outlines if you keep the books past a certain day, it is copper per day or a silver for a week past a certain point the book will just be written off as a loss and da, da 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 and if you don't return it you lose your library card at which point you would no longer be able to check out books and it's just a very detailed like three page form about the process alright thank you so much I say that very quietly like just daggers Alright, and then once we're all checked out, when we actually walk out of the library, I make a point of being the last one out, and I just press to digitize into the most remote corner of the library, so the faintest, faintest sound that probably only the librarian will ever hear goes, You definitely know we're near us. Okay. You do that, and you have left. <laughs> and then, uh... And then, is Felix on the way to our room? Do we have to go out of our way? Wherever I know Felix to be staying? You're not positive. Felix always stayed in different places. Like, occasionally he would stay at the Bard Rock. Right, I just thought he was in the castle ward with me. That's where he was yesterday morning. But he left. Okay, I, he checked out. I did not realize. Alright, so we, we'll go back to my room. We'll find Felix the next day. I'm sure you'll find me if I don't find him. And then, uh, and while we're on our way back to the stairwell, I'm going to start flipping through the book to the right section alphabetically. Okay, I mean, it takes you, no, like, no time at all when you find the Bonverse family. Alright, and what can I glean from the information about their family? So, the book that you have is mostly family trees. So you do see that, like, you do find Giuseppe Bonverse, is, he is a twin. He has a twin sister. Uh, he has several older siblings. You do find... Go ahead and roll history again. Do I advance this time because I have the book in front of me or no? Natural 20. I'm not even going to roll the other one. Roll hundreds and let me know what they are. Right, make sure I have the right... <laughs> Alright. Just making sure I have the right one this time. So I rolled a 68... And a 27. Forgot how to read the, the uh, die for a second there. Okay. 
getting found out, Epi. Or should I say, <laughs> Juice Epi. So, just so that you understand, your wild magic roll, you recall a bit of local trivia. Nah. So, the Grand Dame, Madame Francesca, is Giuseppe von Holtz's grandmother. She is also one of the highest-ranking mages and a known advisor to the Open Lord. Alright, I convey that to the group. I just suddenly remembered this. So, Giuseppe's family actually outranks mine in nobility, it sounds like. The Grand Dame does. Giuseppe's family as a whole is very much uh, court wizards and magically inclined. Did we find out that as Giuseppe is uh, Epi? We're still resolving the wild magic part, so I know based on the wild magic role that... From the wild magic, you remember that about the Grand Dame, Madame Francesca. Yep. And then from reading the family tree, you also recall, and from looking at the little blurb at the top about the Vaughn Verses, this family is mostly court wizards and magically inclined people. A lot of them are magisters. That is where the source of their nobility and that influence comes from. They are higher ranking wizards and talented magic users. Alright, so I shared that with everybody. And now the question I have is, now that I have a good memory of who they are, does my family personally know this family? You would have had dealings with them. Alright, have I met the children? Maybe? Do I roll really a can I just do I do another history check or is that rule twenty that twenty keep going? Have, like I like even if I wouldn't recognize Epi, or would I like did Epi, does Epi seem familiar to me? How close to this person is Epi do I get with my natural twenty and my previous knowledge of this family? So And I'm not saying that I'm immediately sharing that. If I realize it's Epi, I I got the I do think I got the impression Epi wanted to keep this private from what they literally said to me. I will allow you a straight intelligence check to determine whether or not you have specifically met and remembered Epi. Well, Epi's in luck. I rolled an eight. You can't remember ever meeting this person. You have met a lot of noble children, just a lot of nobility in general. All right, so I I know my family's met their family, but the, the face is just escaping me. Uh, I don't think we can get further on this lead without either finding Giuseppe or talking to either their family or mine. But that's as far as I think we can get tonight. Sounds like we need to go investigate the family. Do we know where they live? Uh, does the book say where they live? They have a couple of holdings, but they are in the northern district. Alright, uh, do I... So, I have a general idea where they are. Yeah, I have a general idea where they are. Let's see if we can maybe... Maybe we can investigate that after we get a job done tomorrow. I need to try and make more progress on paying Felix. This is probably a very modest first payment we have for him. You have 50. Yeah, I have 50 gold. Yeah, just straight up 50 gold. And if I, he really was hurting for more, I could give him the 25 I took from my share. Yeah, we were at this. I assumed we were like talking, and like I read it on the stairwell, so I assume by now we're probably back down to my yeah, room. Yeah, it's you guys are back to the the rooms, the guest chambers. Oh, so Armbar isn't good enough to be part of the popular table, huh? Well, fine. We ain't going out of that one. Any stones no, no, out of that I one? Believe- 
No, I, I think she was worried about all the strangers around us, champ. Oh. Well, there I go again, getting the wrong impression. You know, you had a long day. You both learned and forgot how to read in the same night. So it's it's been a long day for you, too. You're right, boss. You're right. You're so smart. And you get the voice of an angel. God, wish I had that. <laughs> now I regret not learning how to speak celestial. Darn. That would have been so funny. Yes. I, I'm gonna hand. Wait, can I roll inside to make sure Epi's not like gauge whether or not Epi's planning on destroying the book, since I'm responsible for returning it. <laughs> sure. Twelve. That's my insight roll of 12, flat 12. Are you planning to destroy the book, Effie? Yeah, so, yeah, the, you get the sense that no, Effie is not feeling particularly destructive at the moment. Alright, I hand the book over. Effie eats the book. names. Uh, you are in somebody's private room. Like, these are nice rooms. So, is there anyone that we know of in the room besides the three of us and a sleeping Rook? Just, well, Rook is in her room. Oh, I didn't realize Rook was also staying here. I thought everyone was just crashing in my room. Well, no, actually, no, you're right. Rook was not staying here. Rook has just left. Rook is no longer around. Rook has gone to crash somewhere else. One moment, ten minutes. Yeah. Uh, you do not. I'm just listening intently. Yeah, if, if if patience was a stat, roll and put negative one into it.
All right. I, I hear what you're saying. I think you're right. I know my my family's none too proud of me, and if they could take it back, they would. Tell you what I do. I know the most discreet person I know. I think he might be able to help us out without uh, hurting their reputations. Uh, why don't we just ask Felix if what he knows tomorrow? And unless Armbar objects, I think we're going to take our long rest now. I'm, I'm good with that, boss. So, you all turn in for the night, and that is where we're going to end this episode. Okay, you listen to Bard Rock Cafe. Get on to sassygamers.com and listen to more episodes. And become a patron. I'll read your cards. Do it. Patreon.com slash Bard Rock Cafe. Till next time.